1: This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam.
0: Risers, fallers, and a spring-o-meter. It sounds like a really bad sitcom. Welcome into Fantasy Baseball Today. Frank Stample and Chris Towers here as Scott White is currently defending his Tout Wars crown in the 15-team roto draft. He's currently made 23 picks in this draft, and he does not have a relief pitcher. So, Chris, I think you might have had an influence on that. I- I'm sure he
2: has some starters, though. Oh. If I had to guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he has starters. Starters a plenty, of course Scott has. And you know what he has also a ton of? The Bronx Bombers. He has four Yankees on his team so far, so I thought we would
2: uh, throw one of these in here.
1: Oh my goodness! Oh my gracious
2: goodness. that's right that's of right all the dramatic things do i have that one loaded up as well of course of all the dramatic things i've ever seen chris that have we ever that i've ever
0: seen i don't know that we've ever done a podcast with just us two uh chris i almost called you
2: scott there you go we probably have right i feel like that's something that's happened at some point you've been here a year yeah there were times last year where scott wasn't on i'm sure of it all right. Well, let's Did he do, to do it. Every episode last year,
0: 20 Maybe. he might have. Our first, our 2021 debut. Frank and Chris. Today on the podcast, we have ADP risers and fallers and a bunch of spring training updates and performances that we need to talk about. But let's start with the big one. Steven Strasburg made his spring debut on Tuesday night. 1.2 innings pitched, zero hits allowed, one walk, four strikeouts against an Astros lineup that featured basically all of their starters outside of Alex Bregman and Jordan Alvarez because those guys have not played yet. But I couldn't find anything on Strasburg's velocity. He had this to say about his start. Quote, it didn't really feel any different than it has in past springs. I guess in a way, that's a relief. While we don't have much data on pitchers getting this carpal tunnel surgery that Strasburg had last season, uh, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, his procedure lasted just 15 minutes according to Maria Torres who covers the team for the Athletic. What do you think about this Chris? I don't I'm not sure that there's much takeaway from but he recorded 5 outs and four of them were strikeouts. So
2: I'm slightly I mean, encouraged. Yeah, it's it's better than the alternative. You know, I'd rather absent any actual data uh as far as like how hard he was throwing, I'm not really seeing any like swing and miss data uh you know the kind of things that in a you know 1.2 inning sample size might tell us, you know, more than just he got four strikeouts. Uh you'd rather see him get four strikeouts on on six batters face than give up four hits. So you can't not be encouraged. I don't think there's anything actionable here, but uh he didn't get shelled. That's, Hooray. That's good. That's good. Yeah! Strasburg's ADP, according to Fantasy
0: Pros, is 65.4, so going right around that 5-6 turn in 12-team leagues, he's the 21st starting pitcher off the board. Chris, if he continues to pitch like this, we start to get some velocity readings. Do you? How much do you think he moves up, since that's going to be a large topic of conversation on today's podcast? Because I do think he is going to move up, if he pitches well in the spring.
2: I, I would think he moves up at least a little bit, um, but You know, there's this is always something that I struggle with with these guys. You know, I think Denelson LeMet's another example of this, where if Denelson LeMet gets out there and and makes like three, you know, two inning starts before the end of spring and looks good, he'll probably move up boards. And, you know, the risk isn't gone. Like he's currently able to pitch, which is good. But the risk that we had in our minds with Steven Strasburg and Denelson LeMet uh is still there. I will say in, you know, Strasburg's case, because this was such a, you know, like Denelson, Lemet, he's dealing with an elbow injury. So that's the kind of thing where he's healthy now, but it might not matter in a month. You know, he might not be healthy. Strasburg, as far as we know, this shouldn't necessarily be something that becomes a recurring injury. Um, you know, that he had given that he had the surgery for it. Obviously, I don't know that for sure. I'm not a doctor. But the hope would be that this is the kind of thing where if he's right, and if, you know, we do get some velocity readings and he's throwing 95, then I think you can kind of just move forward with Steven Strasberg, uh, you know, being one of the twenty five to twenty best pitchers in fantasy entering the season. And then that's where I have him ranked. I have him in the top twenty. I just noticed
0: that you have him SP 17 in Roto and SP 27 in Head to Head points. Is there any reason for that type of discrepancy? Um,
2: no, that might be one where I can move him up in, in points. I think the the Roto ranking does reflect where uh, I am on him more. So you know that that's one that I, I you know I might just need to take a look at.
0: And that would make you the high guy on Steven Strasberg. Scott and I both have Strasburg as SP20 in our rankings. Speaking of rankings, I spent the entire day updating mine. So that was a ton of fun. Not really, but go check them fun. out. CBSSports.com slash fantasy slash baseball slash rankings slash 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 slash. A lot of slashes there. Before we get to ADP risers and fallers, I've got to remind you all about Paramount Plus, which is really awesome. With Paramount Plus, you get live sports, breaking news, and a mountain of entertainment. You can go straight from game day to movie night with Paramount+. Plus, Stream iconic movies like The Godfather, Indiana Jones, and Mission Impossible, and new episodes of critically acclaimed original series like Star Trek Picard, The Good Fight, and The Stand. And get this, it's where you can dive into live sports from us, CBS Sports, including the NFL, March Madness, which is coming soon, the Masters, and Champions League Soccer, which is actually going on right now as well, plus stream hit shows from CBS, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, the Smithsonian Channel, and Comedy Central. I've never actually made this clear, but it's an app. (laughs) If you needed to know, this is an app, Paramount Plus. You can download it now. It's basically on every device that you can imagine. iPhone, Android, Apple TV, PlayStation, Xbox, whatever you have, chances are you can find Paramount Plus on there. So go out there and download it now. All right, so some ADP risers. What I did for this was over at the NFBC, the National Fantasy Baseball Championship, you can sort their average draft position by dates. So while Fantasy Pros might be more reflective of actual drafts because it's just it's pulling an aggregate of so many different sources, mm-hmm. um, the NFBC, I like this feature that they have where you can look at, at at different time periods. So with the help of Chris, I mean, this guy is an Excel Google Sheet wizard, so I, I, <laughs> I appreciate it. But um, basically, we looked at the ADP from January 9th through February 9th, and we compared that to February 9th through March 9th, which is when we were uh, recording this, uh, and we looked at basically the biggest risers and the biggest fallers. So let's talk about some of these, and a lot of them are relief pitchers, Chris. So should we talk about the relievers because these are basically just guys that signed to be closers, so I don't know that there's anything like really actionable with talking about them. What do you think?
2: Yeah, like m sorry I'm moving up I don't know that, that tells us very much at all right. um Trevor Rosenthal like he's up to 133 I think that's interesting that he's moved up that high because uh you know you Scott and I have talked about him as someone that we like when he falls to us Well, all of a sudden if you have to take him with a 12th or 11th round pick in the 12 team league uh you know that's a little bit earlier than where Scott and I typically, like to take our relief pitchers that that being said um you know and at least some of the drafts we've done he's still gone more in that you know 15 to 17 range uh I know in my tout wars league which is a save and hold league so that you know it kind of pushed reliever prices down a little bit he was a 17th round pick for me
0: Mm, and I like that because I think if last year was any indication Trevor Rosenthal looks like he's back. I mentioned this when we did our relief pitcher preview. Rosenthal was the best version of himself. I mean, it was 20 innings or whatever it was last year, but he was pumping velocity, getting a lot of strikeouts, and he had the best control of his career, which I think is key for Trevor Rosenthal. So he is rising quite a bit, but he is part of that top 10 to 12 where I usually like to grab at least one of those closers. So I think he's actually inside my top 10. I have him up at... I think it's my seventh-ranked reliever, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about Trevor Rosenthal. Let's talk about the first name here who's not a relief pitcher, and that is, well, first, CJ Crone. CJ Crone has moved up about 140 spots here, and that's basically just because he signed on with the Colorado Rockies, and if he has an everyday job, we don't even know that, Chris, because he's a non-roster invitee. Yeah. There's a position battle going on between him and Josh Fuentes and Greg Bird right now. But if it's a big if, CJ Crone can win the starting first baseman job for the Rockies. There's no doubt in my mind that he can hit 30 home runs. I mean, he hit 55 home runs over the course of 2018 and 2019, and he was kind of one of these statcast guys before we were really even talking about it. He's a big barrel rate guy. So, what do you think about CJ Crone?
2: Yeah, he's someone I just realized I hadn't moved him up enough, and you know, going in, I, I just moved him and. Up to 257 overall, right behind Andrew Vaughn and Brandon Belt. Um, I think I'd rather have Vaughn. Uh, Belt, you know, we'll see if he can get back in time for opening day because he was really good last season and had some really good, uh, he's always had, you know, pretty good bad ball data uh, himself. And Oracle Park played a little differently last season. So, you know, that that might be a, a better uh, situation. But, there's a lot to like about CJ Crone, like you said, he had 55 home runs between 2018 and 2019, and that was not uh, in a ton of plate appearances. He maxed out at 560 in 2018, and then 499 uh, in 2019. Coors Field is obviously a great place to uh, to hit for power, but it's also a you know it boosts your uh, BABIP as well, and so it's not inconceivable that playing half his games at course field, CJ Crone could hit 280 with 35 home runs and Mm hundred RBI. It, it, it wouldn't necessarily mean he's a great player. You know, I, I think it's entirely likely that he could do that and still be like a one win player, but for fantasy, he could be a, a legitimate top 12 first baseman if he gets the job. And if he stays healthy, which has been an issue, um, you know, there, there's a lot to like about him as a late-round pick.
0: Colton Wong is another name here who, I guess this happened over the course of when he signed with the Milwaukee Brewers, which makes sense, but he's moved up about 100 spots in ADP, and he's all the way up to pick 251.3 over the past month, from February 9th until now. And... I think we're all pretty excited about Colton Wong. He's one of these names where if you play in a Roto League or or a deeper head-to-head categories league and there's a middle infield spot and you need to fill steals, even runs scored, Chris, I think he's going to lead off for the Milwaukee Brewers. Their lineup is not great, but their top four or five is adequate. It's pretty good. So if he stays healthy, I can see 90-plus runs, 20-plus deals, and that's definitely valuable in, in Roto Leagues for sure
2: yeah, and and the Brewers have been a team that's been willing to let their guys run over the last two seasons. He has 29 steals in the 201 games, 24 of them did come in 2019. So you know that was a clear outlier for his career. It's a career high and it was the first time he had double digits since 2015. But you know, the fact that he did it shows that he can. you know, it's that kind of thing where uh, it's all about whether you want to. and he was on pace for about 12 to 15 last season. I think 15 is a reasonable, Expectation. He's got a 358 on-base percentage the last two seasons as well. Um, you know, Colton Wong isn't terribly exciting, but he is like a perfectly fine middle infielder in a Roto League because, like you said, the the stolen bases, I mean, if he steals 15 to 20 bases, you're looking at a probably a starting caliber player.
0: Well, Chris, who would you rather have between... If you just compare the ADP over the last month versus overall ADP... <clears throat> Gavin Lux is going at pick 252.4. So that would put these guys basically in the same exact range. And there has been some optimism for Gavin Lux. More on him a little bit later on, what he's doing in the spring. But he's been performing well. And we got this quote from Dave Roberts last week. "quote I see him getting a good runway to play regularly. What that means, I think there's room for conversation. Uh, Roberts said he doesn't see handedness of opposing pitcher as a big factor for Lux. "quote He's always handled left-handed pitchers. Although everything that they've done suggests that he doesn't. So who would you rather have between those two Colton Wong and Gavin Lux?
2: I would rather have Gavin Lux. Um, I've, I've looked into his numbers and I want to see if I can try to find it. uh, Because I I think, you know, when he had his big 2019 season in the minors between double A and triple A, he had like a 950 OPS or something really stupid. Um, there was a lot of talk that he had improved against left-handed pitching and that was uh you know that was a good sign for him but it was still like a 31.8% strikeout rate against lefties in that season uh with a 400 Babbit. that was why he looked like he had improved um for his career in the minors he's a 6'26 six th- uh, career ops against left-handed hitter pitching you i don't know what that is including uh the majors but i can't imagine he's been great against the ma- lefties in the majors because he hasn't been good uh, against anyone but he's still young there's uh you know the the potential i think for him to be a 290 hitter with 20 to 25 home runs my guess is even with the you know we're going to give him runway to be an everyday player thing when the dodgers say everyday player that's a different meaning than uh, most other teams and i would guess that's still sitting against quite a few lefties
0: gavin looks has 23 plate appearances against lefties in his major league career he has a 39% strikeout rate and a 358 ops which really does that not mean much
2: it's not what you want it's a it's 23 plate appearances so yeah.
0: you can't take much away from
2: that yeah, but like, he could be Austin Meadows. Like, mm. I, I think Austin Meadows probably has a little more pop, but that is kind of a, a best-case scenario. He had a 1,028 OPS uh, in A AA and A in 2019. Um, 30 home runs, 12 stolen bases in 151 games across those two levels overall in his career. So, yeah, really good.
0: Yes, Gavin Lux. He's been awesome in the minors. Let's get that man playing every single day for the Dodgers. Other names that have moved up quite a bit, uh, bit Mark Melanson, of course, he signed with the Padres. Wilson Ramos signed with the Tigers, so he's a starting catcher. NFBC drafts are predominantly Roto, so I don't think there's much to talk about there. Andrew Vaughn. Let me just ask you, Chris, because I updated my rankings today, and I couldn't tell if I was too aggressive. I moved Andrew Vaughn all the way up to the 19th-ranked first baseman, Just behind Miguel Sano and Ryan Mountcastle, just ahead of Christian Walker and Carlos Santana, is that too aggressive?
2: That is higher than I have him, but I'm looking at some of the guys ahead of him, and like it's Yuli Gurriel and Jared Walsh. I think I'd probably rather have Vaughn over those guys. I'll move him up. Then I start uh, looking at like Christian Walker. Hunter Dozier, Joey Votto. I, I think that's pretty close. Um, I'm, I'll move him in their range. I will say, uh, but I still have him ranked higher than his ADP over the last month.
0: Of course, Andrew Vaughn, one of the top prospects in all of baseball, and the top prospect for the White Sox for the Chicago White Sox. And I can tell Scott has updated his rankings because he has Andrew Vaughn all the way up at 171 overall in his rankings. I have him at 192. So, man, he's got me beat. All
2: right, I'll move him up.
0: <laughs> Andrew Vaughn. The reason why is they're talking about Andrew Vaughn can break opening day with, uh, with the White Sox at their, as they're starting DH. If not opening day, they'll wait the two weeks, gain the extra year of service time, whatever it might be. Although, with the new CBA coming up, they might completely change the rules on service time. So,
2: maybe teams will be more aggressive because they're thinking things are going to change. Um, he- and, and I just like I don't know I think teams overthink that like remember Chris Bryant you know how that was such a big deal and yeah there were rumors <laughs> that the Cubs were thinking about non-tendering him this year like this was the year that they like risked making him mad and and having him file a, a grievance over and they nearly non-tendered him apparently so it's like seven years is a long time I think more teams should do what Pete Alon- what the Mets did with Pete Alonzo but. You know, we'll see. Amir Garrett has moved up, but a bunch of relievers again have moved up in this format. In Kirby, his case, that's not because he signed. Yes. You know, that is just general enthusiasm about Amir Garrett improving. And
0: Lucas or Sims increase. Lucas Sims getting hurt, I think, yeah. helps the enthusiasm there for Amir Garrett. Kirby Yates, I don't know if he signed within the past month, but again, I think that's... I
2: don't that's, think so. That's one, I don't... I don't know. We'll see. I'm kind of making Jordan Romano a uh, a priority in the later rounds. Like in TGFBI, I, I think I just took him. If not, I hope my next pick comes up before uh, this podcast comes out because he's definitely someone uh, I did not take him yet. So Shh. I took <laughs> Nick Whitgren, but Jordan Romano is at the top of my queue. I yeah. have three, two picks until I go. So uh, by the time you listen, Jordan Romano will be on my TGFBI team probably.
0: Last two names we'll hit on here and maybe these two are Chris Towers driven because you have been talking up your boy A. Eugenio Suarez and while this might not seem significant, it, it, it is because he's, he's moved up almost an entire round. His ADP yeah. from January 9th to February 9th was 78.3 and it is now all the way up at 69.9. So he's moved up almost an entire round. I don't I don't think that anything has happened, Chris, to warrant that outside of the fact that people realized that he was undervalued and he could be a pretty safe bet for a two fifty plus batting average and potentially 40 home runs.
2: Yeah. I mean, there was the, like he lost 15 pounds in the off season thing. I don't know. Best shape of his life. That shouldn't be why he moved up 10 spots, but maybe it's part of it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he was obviously pretty undervalued. Uh, and I think he's moving into the right range. I have him right around, uh, 70th overall I do have you know him and Anthony Rendon basically neck and er uh, sorry Nolan Arenado basically neck and neck um, whereas Nolan Arenado is still going 28 picks ahead of him so Suarez is still one of my favorite third basemen to draft if I'm not taking one of the early ones
0: the other name I wanted to highlight here Shohei Otani who has moved up from 231 all the way up to 207 and I think this Gotta has keep climbing Yeah, this has to do with how he's looked in the spring. He's an awesome hitter. Honestly, yes, it is great that he's a two-way player, and he is a spectacle, and he is awesome to watch baseball, but man, if he was just an everyday hitter, he might be drafted in the top three rounds in fantasy. Like I think he can be that type of impact bat if he just played every single day. When he pitches, he's awesome too, um, but I do have lower expectations there. Yeah, he's all the way up to 207. You said it should keep
2: rising. How high do you think this should go, Chris? I mean, I I guess I do have lower expectations for him as a pitcher, but I will say I think he's a more talented pitcher than a hitter, which is not a <sighs> knock on him as a hitter. He was a considered a much better prospect as a pitcher. Um he's just such he a was, good hitter, man. It's crazy. Right, <laughs> but we're talking about a guy who, you know, throws a hundred miles an hour and has a slider and a curveball and his splitter might be one of the best pitches in baseball. True. Um, So, you know, th- there are reasons to be, uh, you know, concerned about whether he's going to, you know, be able to stay healthy one and pitch at that level. But uh, I think he, I mean, he is 39th in weighted runs created in major league baseball since the start of the 2018 season. And that was, uh, much higher before 2020, which was just kind of... I, that was just a mess for him, Yeah, all in all, in a way that I think you can... I don't know if you want to say you can just write it off, but you know the fact that he was struggling so much coming back from pitching clearly seemed to impact him uh, as a hitter. He was 22nd in Weighted Runs Created Plus between 2018 and 2019, and he steals bases. Um, yeah,
0: he has 29 steals... In 266 games. It's not crazy. He's, he's an
2: 843 OPS. The guy he's awesome. actually been Austin Meadows, basically. Uh, why do you keep bringing up? You can't I, just compare I, I, everyone not, to Austin it's Meadows. Not, it's not on purpose, but in this case, between 2018 and 2019, they were separated by four points in batting average, one home run, uh, eight runs. Otani did have 17 more RBI, but he also had five stolen bases more. Uh, th- that's pretty dang similar. All right, I'll take your word for it. Shohei Otani. Let's talk about just uh, the pitcher
0: ADP for now. Would you rather have him or your boy Tristan McKenzie? I know you like both. Otani. I assume you'd rather have Otani over Keikel Yes. How about Chris Bassett? Yes. David Price? Yes. You would rather have Otani there. Otani, yes. Ohtani, uh, yes to
2: Otani for all of these.
0: Uh, how, I, this is probably where it gets. Closer, I would
2: say Otani versus Frankie Montas. I have Frankie Montas higher. Okay. I have uh actually no, I have Otani higher. I just moved him up the other day. I have Otani uh 155th overall, and that is as a hitter and a pitcher, uh, because you can use him at both in CBS sports leagues, but um yeah, I mean I, I think if you get 120 innings out of Shohei Otani. I think he can be a top 15 starting pitcher on a per inning basis. I really think he's that good. Um, Especially after he showed, you know, the stuff is back. Last year, it wasn't. But in his first start, you know, he was hitting 100 miles an hour. He had the splitter. He had multiple breaking balls. Uh, I probably got a little too excited about him. And I wrote a piece last Friday with the headline, Can Shohei Otani Be Back to Break Fantasy Baseball? Obviously, that impl- applies more in leagues where you can use them in both, specifically daily leagues. But, uh, you know, if everything goes right and he gives you 400 plate appearances of Austin Meadows and 120 plate appearances of a 3-3 ERA and 10K per nine, that's probably a top 20 player in fantasy if you can use him in a daily league. Maybe higher. Maybe the best player in fantasy. I don't know.
0: So... Uh, Speaking of that format, Chris, in in a head-to-head, in a daily league where you can play Otani at both utility and starting pitcher, so you can reap all of his benefits at all times, how high would you be willing to draft him? Uh, Top 125? Yeah, I think it's even higher than that. Yeah. I was thinking he's probably like a top eight or like in the round eight to ten range.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's all, it's largely speculative. We've never seen it happen, and it's fair to wonder whether he can do both things at the same time at the major league level and be a star-caliber player. Uh, I have no questions that he has the ability to.
0: All right, let's hit some of these biggest fallers over the past month in NFBC, ADP, Fromber Valdez. And Obviously. so this was happening even before the injury because the injury has only been around for the past week. So he was dropping already, which... I find interesting. We still have no update on Framber Valdez. He's dealing with a fracture to his ring finger in his pitching hand. The team has since signed Jake Rizzi, so it doesn't sound good. There was a report from John Heyman that he might miss the entire season, so we're still waiting yeah. for for confirmation on
2: that. He's down to he's down to 292 over the last week. Uh, Scott just got him at 383 in wars
0: Does Scott have a relief pitcher yet?
2: Um, I uh, unless Framber Valdez is is relief pitcher eligible. <laughs> he made 29 picks. Scott doesn't have a relief pitcher. It's just
0: it's oh, a viable man. strategy. We're going to, we're going to have some fun on tomorrow's podcast. And we, uh we, we, I, the rest of the team looks pretty good. It's just, he has no relief pitchers. So we'll talk about it all on tomorrow's podcast. Uh, Jonathan VR has dropped around 45 spots and makes sense. He joined the Mets. He's going to be a super utility type player. Um, maybe he plays three or four times a week, but, I don't think you could really project much more playing time than that for Jonathan VR. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Taylor Rogers has dropped 41 spots, but Chris, I know you like Taylor Rogers. So does this create a buying opportunity for you in leagues where you still play with saves? I guess even in saves plus holds, it makes sense.
2: Yeah. in saves plus holds. I I, I did want to see, I know he pitched today. I don't know if they had the stack cast, uh, System up, but he got a strikeout in one inning. And he's hilarious, see, by the way.
0: I was watching that game and he was on the broadcast. They did an in-game interview. He's a really funny dude.
2: Nice. He was averaging 94 miles per hour with his fastball. That's that's that seems all right. Um, yeah, look, we're. I think there's a lot of assumptions that he's not going to be the closer, but it's that certainly hasn't been confirmed yet. Um, and if he does up, end up the closer, you know that's that could be a really good value.
0: So they asked him about it. The the broadcasters asked him that exact question about, you know, did you talk to uh, the manager, Rocco Baldelli about who's going to get saves? And he said, no, there's no reason to talk about it. Like we all know that we're going to split time and it's just whoever he wants to use that day. And we've all accepted it. And so they, they basically just admitted that it's going to be a closer by committee and, and no one cares. (laughs) There's, there's no egos in the twins bullpen. So.
2: Look, if he gets 15 saves at his current price, that's going to be a good value.
0: Yeah, could be. Uh, Dustin May has dropped around 41 spots. Uncertainty between his about his role this year. You know, he's, he's probably going to bounce between the bullpen and potentially be a starter at times. He'll be a follower for some people as well. So, I guess that makes sense. young Kim, who is who signed with the Padres, he came over from the KBO, just put up massive numbers last year in the KBO. And he's in the prime of his career. He's 25 or 26 years old. He yeah. has dropped 40 spots. He's, his ADP is down to 225. What do you think about that, Chris? Would would that make you more excited about drafting Ha Young Kim?
2: There really hasn't been any reports that I've seen that indicate that he's like less likely to get playing time than we thought he was a month ago. So I don't know what's driving that specifically. I, I think part of it is. Um, I think the first projection system that came out had was Zips um, that had him, you know, looking really, really good. Twenty-two homers, eighteen steals, two sixty-seven average, ninety-three runs, one hundred and three RBI. The rest of them since then have been, you know, mostly not giving him everyday plate appearances. You look at the FanGraphs uh, projections; ATC only has him for ninety-four games, three hundred ninety-two plate appearances. Uh, and they've been less bullish on uh, his hitting as well. If he hits the, you know, 550 to 600 plate appearance, uh, you know, range, I, I think he's going to be a very good value here. And he, he is someone who I, I like quite a bit as a sleeper. And, you know, if he's starting to fall, you know, given what we're paying for guys like Trent Grisham and, um, Kevin Biggio, like, I think he could be that kind of player. You know, I think there's 2020 potential. And if he's 15 15 and, you know, playing 70% of the time role, that's still a, a pretty valuable player. Again, that is Haseung Kim with
0: the San Diego Padres. The ADP over the last month is 225.8. Tony Gonsolin has also dropped similar, similarly to Dustin May. And Chris, I know that you've mentioned, you brought up the strategy of, You can have the Dodgers' entire rotation and and your team will probably be awesome. But how about just specifically about handcuffing? So if you draft a Walker Buehler who comes with some risk, obviously, or a Clayton Kershaw who has age and and some back injuries, are you more likely to take a Dustin May or Tony Gonsolin to pair up with one of those guys as a handcuff in case they get hurt or whatever they're managed?
2: No, not necessarily. In fantasy football, I'm not big on handcuffs anyway. I think you want to draft, especially when you're talking about within the top 200, um, you still want to go for upside. And handcuffs are upside plays, but they're also uh, safety plays. And the problem with drafting someone like Dustin May around 150 where he was going over uh, before, or 180 before where he was going before is there's a decent chance you might end up dropping that guy before he actually gets that opportunity. And then once he gets that opportunity and he's on someone else's team and he's awesome, you know, I don't think you want to do that just for uh, because you have Clayton Kershaw and Walker Buehler. I think you want to grab those guys because you think they can be really good and they're starting to become a lot more cheap. Uh, Gonsolin, 263, that's basically in the he-might-not-get-drafted range. That's, that's a great last-round pick. Yep, lots of upside with Tony
0: Gonsolin. Really excited about him if he earns an opportunity at some point this season with the Dodgers. I wanted to ask you about four middle-round pitchers who are dropping, which I found interesting. Zach Plesac has dropped from 66.4 to 76 over the past month. Max Freed has dropped from 66 to 75, so he's dropped about around 9, 10 picks there. Dylan Bundy has dropped an entire round from 108 to 120. And then Sonny Gray has dropped about half a round from 66 to 72. So four names there. Plesak, Freed, Dylan Bundy, Sonny Gray. What do you think about those four
2: mid-round pitchers that are dropping right now, Chris? With the exception of Sonny Gray, I think I'm probably lower than the consensus on all three of those guys. So I'm fine with them. Uh, I think I have Plesak... In the hundred range, maybe. So this is still 125. This is still quite a bit higher uh, than I have him, and I, I still wouldn't take him at 76. Freed, I think 75 is still uh, a little bit of a reach. I have him outside of the top 100 overall. I'm lower on pitchers overall than the group um, as a whole. And Bundy, you know, now he's starting to get pushed into the the range where I, I would be okay. Uh, you know, if he goes in the 11th or 12th round, I think that's a fine gamble. Sonny Gray, I, I like him more than I like Plezak or uh, or Freed, frankly. So um, I'm fine with him dropping and I'm a little bit more likely to draft him there.
0: Yeah, Dylan Bundy, I wrote him up as a bust last month because ADP was right around 100 and I just thought it was too high. And today, updated the rankings, I dropped Bundy a little bit more, and he wound up 120th overall. So, based on this ADP, if he continues to drop, then there might be a buying opportunity there for Dylan Bundy. It's all about, again, we play a game with values, right? Yes, I have some concerns over, you know, will Dylan Bundy be able to replicate what he did in the first four starts, I think it was, last year, and then the rest of the starts were not nearly as good. I do have my concerns, but... Everyone has a price, so if he continues to fall, yeah, uh, I, could, I could be interested there on Dylan Bundy. Um, Chris, is there anyone else on this list of fallers that you wanted to hit on before we get to some news and notes?
2: Uh, I, I think it's a little interesting. The Kenta is dropping. Um, Julio Arias, as well, uh, has fallen about 10 spots to 128.9. Uh, I think I like him a little more than Bundy. And then Denelson Lamette has dropped eight spots uh, in the overall ADP. I think that makes sense. Um, 98th overall is still too high for where I would want to take him, but I think he went 119th in my uh, TGFBI draft, and I want to see... I have the last week. uh, He's right at 100 over the last week, so it hasn't really changed much since then. That's still... Not worth the the risk, but it's closer. I have him 123rd overall. I
0: do want to promote a few more things. Our 2021 Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide is now live, so you can head on over to cbssports.com slash kit and then punch in your email address to get it delivered to you for free. Chris worked really hard on it, and it's awesome. Strategies for each position, our rankings, salary cap values, a draft tracker, a salary cap draft tracker where you can keep track of your your money and how much you have left, um, and there's a lot more than that. So again, that link is cbssports.com slash FBBdraftKit, and I did just want to give people a reminder Regarding our podcast league submissions, which we are now accepting, send in your best Photoshop, crop all of our faces on, have some fun with it movie poster, movie scene, video game, whatever it might be. Again, there are two podcast leagues that we're running this year the For the People League, which is a 16 team head to head categories league. That draft is Sunday, March 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. The other is a 12 team head to head points league, and that draft is on Monday, March 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, The contest will end on Tuesday, March 23rd. So if you have a submission, something that you want to get in, get it in before March 23rd, and I'll announce the winners on that Thursday podcast, March 25th. So give everyone a few days to prep for those drafts. So again, March 23rd is the last day to get your submissions in for our podcast leagues. And Chris, we're getting a lot of songs still, not songs that people are singing themselves. That was last year's contest, yeah. but songs that they want you to sing. When are we making this happen, man?
2: Uh, I am my, my wife, my dear wife is going, uh, to the doctor tomorrow morning. Uh, she should be gone for a couple of hours and I will probably try to record something then. Um, So, yeah, that doesn't give people a lot of opportunities to get uh, their submissions in when they hear this. But, you know, that might not be the only chance. We'll see. Uh, But we've gotten a number of uh, Gallo song lyrics from the motion picture A Star is Born starring Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Um, And I will definitely do one of those.
0: Nice. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break. If you're watching on the video side, don't go anywhere. But if you're listening to the podcast, we will take a break. And when we return, we have news, notes, and the springometer here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo, it's about the home. uh, This one's from yesterday, didn't get to it, but David Price, who opted out last season, is apparently not a lock for the Dodgers Dodgers rotation, but I kind of feel like it's being taken out of context. Manager Dave Roberts said he expects Price to be built up enough to be in the opening day rotation, but added that Price is willing to fulfill, quote, whatever role is best for the Dodgers in 2021. Price made his debut on Monday against the White Sox. He pitched one inning, without giving up a hit or a walk and he had one strikeout so chris are you are you buying this at
2: all your mic is muted no (laughs) uh that's the kind of thing that that happens sometimes where you know i'll pitch in whatever role they want me to or i'll play and like that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be used as a reliever um I, i think it means that it's the dodgers and occasionally he will be pulled out of the rotation and they'll juggle guys um but I would still think you're probably going to get 140 innings from David Price, at least if he stays healthy. But it might be, you know, more like Henta Maeda's usage.
0: Yeah, I think we have to worry a little bit about how much they'll use David Price this year coming off of a year where he didn't pitch at all. So might they might be a little cautious with the workload there, again, with David Price. There is apparently no timetable yet for Carlos Carrasco's spring debut per Mets manager Luis Rojas. Carrasco was a little late arriving to Mets camp in Port St. Lucie, Florida due to additional medical checkups related to his 2019 leukemia diagnosis. So Chris, at what point do we start to worry? Because he's still pitching. I think he's throwing some bullpens that I read, but he isn't actually pitching in games, which I think matters, but... Does it? At what point do we start to worry with Carrasco?
2: I mean, as far as we know, y- you only really start to worry if it affects his ability ability to be ready for opening day. But even then, uh, you know, assuming he gets a couple of outings in in spring, he should be fine. Even if he's limited the first couple of turns in the rotation, uh, it's a long season. You know, assuming that there's no issues.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. Carlos Carrasco, someone we're all pretty excited about. He was the player that I loved on Valentine's Day. So, come on, Carrasco, let's do it. Alex Reyes, former top prospect for the St. Louis Cardinals, will work as a long reliever this season. The goal is to get him to
2: 100 innings. I'm really interested in this. I I plan on writing something about this tomorrow uh, if I can get to it. And I think... um, you know, this kind of usage could be super valuable this season. Not if you have to pay a 15th round pick for it, uh, or, you know, especially even higher than that. But in Alex Reyes's case, if you can get him in the 25th round or the 24th round, um, you know, a guy who you can just throw in your lineup occasionally, if he's, you know, he was throwing 96, 97, 98 today, um, If he can be the guy that we hoped he would be, a really, really good strikeout pitcher uh, in 100 innings and get 120 strikeouts and a 3-5 ERA, uh, I get the feeling that could be pretty valuable this season. I want to dive into the numbers and actually see, but um, I'm very intrigued by this. Yeah, we're still waiting on Alex Reyes. He's dealt with so
0: many injuries, a lat injury. He had Tommy John surgery, and... The ADP for Alex Reyes is 365.8. So it'll probably move up a little bit, but he's basically free. I don't I don't think we're gonna get to that point that you mentioned, Chris, where he moves up to like the 15th round or anything like that. So could have some legitimate value this season. Zach Britton might not have any value this year. Is scheduled for arthroscopic surgery to remove a bone chip. In his elbow. Apparently, he won't be ready for game action for the next three to four months. He's shut down for the next six weeks. And then obviously, he has to ramp up after that. Chad Green is now the next man up behind a roll this Chapman. So remember that Chapman has not been a sure thing the past couple seasons. He's dealt with a knee injury at times. Yeah. So uh, we've seen Zach Britton fill that role. If anything happens to Chapman, Chad Green is the next man up for. The Yankees. George Springer is day-to-day with left abdominal tightness. Xander Bogarts, who is dealing with a shoulder injury, is close to 100%. Alex Bregman, who is dealing with a hamstring injury, is not close to 100%. Apparently, he will not play in any games for the foreseeable future. So, all right, we're getting a little bit closer to the season. Come on, Bregman. We've got to see something happen. How about his teammate, Jordan Alvarez? Apparently, he can make his debut early next week. Definitely paying attention to that because the ADP on Jordan Alvarez is 81.4. I think there's still a good amount of risk with him, but the upside could be that yeah. he returns first-round value.
2: Yeah, I like drafting Jordan Alvarez in that like sixth, seventh-round range if he goes there.
0: Uh, Jonathan Hernandez, reliever for the Texas Rangers has a UCL injury, so apparently he will not pitch for at least the next month and it could last even further than that. So, I don't think Jose Leclerc is very good, but this makes his grasp on the Rangers closer role I guess a little bit better. Um I have been a Demarcus Evans fan for the past couple of years. Awesome minor league numbers. He walks everybody, but he also cool. strikes everybody out. So that is the name that I would pay attention to. Yes. If you're drafting today and you want some cheap saves, I think Jose LeClerc is the guy. But Demarcus Evans, just remember the name. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point this season he has uh, worked in as the closer for the Texas Rangers. I do have some velocity readings from Tuesday's action. Carlos Martinez, I saw you tweeting about this, Chris. He averaged 92 miles per hour on his fastball on Tuesday. He averaged 95.8 miles per hour back in 2019 but that was when he was mostly being used as a relief pitcher. The last time we saw Carlos Martinez as a full-time starter was back in 2017, and he averaged 95.6 miles per hour on his fastball
2: then. So, I... Yeah, uh, this would have been the lowest fastball, average fastball velocity for any outing of his career. mm -hmm. You know, in the regular season at least. Obviously, he's working his way back, but... You know, we saw how bad he was last season when he was averaging like 93.3 miles per hour with his fastball. Um, you know, I was eyeing Carlos Martinez as a potential, you know, very late bounce back candidate. But, you know, unless he gets back into that 94 mile per hour range, at least, uh, it's going to be pretty hard to get excited about him. He was never a big strikeout or swing and miss guy. He was always... uh you know, around a strikeout per inning, maybe a little less, but did a really good job of limiting uh, hard contact. It's harder to do that when you're throwing, you know, three or four miles per hour less.
0: You know, when you just said that, it reminded me a lot of Sandy Alcantara's profile. I think that is where Sandy Alcantara wants to get right to, to what Carlos Martinez was in his prime. And, and I think it's possible. I don't it's completely random, but that, that's just what I thought about. Oh, That's fair. Yeah. Ah, uh, Davey Garcia, who is battling for the Yankees' fifth
2: starter job. That's pretty much what Sandy Alcantara was last year. Thanks, Chris. There yeah, he, he could. Yeah, he was twenty-two percent strikeout rate, right around average, a little higher walk rate than average. But if he can do that, he could be a low three ZRA guy.
0: Sometimes, sometimes, barely. I make good
2: points. That's a good, good pull.
0: Nice, Davey Garcia. He averaged ninety-three point six miles per hour on his fastball Tuesday. And uh last year that was at ninety two point three. So that was up about a tick and a half. And he pitched three shutout innings with five strikeouts. It did come against the Detroit Tigers, which when Chris analyzes Zach Pleasak has pointed out they are not very good. They were bad. They're they're bad. Um but five whiffs on thirty seven pitches for Davy Garcia. Uh I mean I hope he wins the fifth starter job. I guess there's a chance that they go with a six man rotation. They brought that up. He's battling with Domingo Herman, but I kind of like Davy Garcia, Chris.
2: Yeah, me too. I um I would rather see him get the fifth starter job than Domingo Armand, uh, for a couple of reasons. But, you know, primarily it's because I think Davy Garcia is a really interesting pitcher. For first of all, he's five foot nine, and you just you you want to see a dude who's five foot nine pitching uh as a starting pitcher and you know blowing guys away. Last season he was in the majors and he pitched pretty well. The ERA didn't reflect it, but uh, the biggest thing was he—he he had, you know, really good control, and that was always the issue for him. Uh, coming up as a prospect was wildness. If he can keep that, you know, be a two to f- two point five to three walks per nine guy, and be a ten K per nine guy, I think David Garcia can be really, really good. He is definitely uh, a late round sleeper for me.
0: Davey Garcia's ADP is 306.2. He's going just behind names like Madison Bumgarner, who looked good in his first spring outing, Mackenzie Gore, Casey Mize of the Detroit Tigers. So Davey Garcia, if you just want to bet on talent, he's basically free right now in your drafts. The Spring-O-Meter. What does this mean? I don't really know. I think it's. I think what
2: I'm going to do is... Are uh, these things happening in the, the spring, is that what you're asking? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what. No, that's not what. I'm, <laughs> that's not what I'm going for, Chris. Uh, basically, it's how excited are you about these things that are happening oh, in the spring right now? So we're going to do this rapid fire style, and that is coded, Chris. For let's do mm, it fast, boy. Mm. You ready? I'll try. All right, Joey Gallo hit his fifth home run of the spring, and apparently has changed his batting stance based on Scott's spring training notebook, the springometer. One, you don't really care. 10, you're really excited about this.
2: 10, <laughs> because it would be really boring if I just said five to everything, which is my actual answer. Uh, Joey Gallo is in my uh, rankings risers, or uh, yeah, rankings risers column, but that was mostly, uh, you know, he was undervalued, and he is a great, great value right now. Um you know, 120 something in in ADP. I think I, I really like uh, Joey Gallo at that value. 152.7 over the last week. Wow. Draft Joey Gallo.
0: Yeah, last year in NFBC ADP, Joey Gallo was being drafted at pick 86.
2: So, he which didn't. was that was a little silly. Yeah,
0: and I was never in on that because the guy yeah. could potentially hit 200, but when he's going between, I've I've seen him bounce around a little bit, but but even between 130 and 150, if yeah, you need power at that point. That's a really, really good pick. Uh, Joey Gallo there with the Rangers. Nick Senzel is four for 11 in the spring with two home runs. He hit his second home run on Tuesday night against Dodgers' pitching prospect, one of their top pitching prospects, Josiah Gray. One to 10 on the spring o meter. Please don't just say 10 sarcastically.
2: Nine. <laughs> no, I, I am excited about this. Nick Senzel, um, you know, when you're talking about. Again, that Cabin Biggio, Trent Grisham type where you're spending a top 75 pick uh, for someone you're hoping can hit 20 homers and steal 20 bases. If you look at Nick Senzel's career so far, he has been a pretty big disappointment. Uh, he's also not been that different from those guys, at least in terms of uh, batting average and home run paces. Per 162 pace so far is 18 homers, 21 steals with a 245 average.
0: I thought you were getting ready to say, that sounds a lot like Trent Grisham.
2: Well, that's what I said before. You just weren't (laughs) listening.
0: I I tend to do that sometimes. Uh, Nick Senzel is somebody who I do like as well. There was a report earlier in spring that he is going to be the everyday center fielder for the Cincinnati Reds. Former top prospect. I think there's a lot of upside. The ADP for Senzel is 271, especially in those five outfielder leagues. Remember the name. Ty France. Ty France with the Seattle Mariners is... Some A middle infielder who could potentially give you some pop. He's 8 for 13 in the spring with three home runs and zero strikeouts. 1 to 10 on the spring-o-meter. This is one where, if you're not as six. excited, that's fine.
2: No, six. And it's not necessarily because of what he's doing in spring training as much as it's just like, hey, remember Ty France. Uh, he has 32 home runs and 101 career games at AAA. His minor league track record overall isn't quite that good, but... Um, you know, he hit 27 home runs in 2019 between, uh, actually 34 between the majors and the minors, uh, 22 and 2018. Yeah, he could, um, you know, absolutely be a 25 homer guy who doesn't kill you in batting average, and he's multi-eligible, I think. I on CBS, uh, he is only second base eligible right now. He did play four different positions last season, but. That's the only one he's eligible at. Sorry. Uh,
0: Again, that is Ty France, who can give you some pop from the middle infield if you need it, and he is free. So a name to pay attention to. And And he
2: could end up, you know, first, second, and third eligible during the course of the season. He played uh, at least four games at all three of those positions last year. The ADP is
0: 355.541. Ty France, Jock Peterson, we already talked about him. I'll just mention his line. He's six for 14 in the spring with three home runs. How about Gary Sanchez? Four for 11 with three homers himself. And I've been watching some games and his batting stance looks like it's changed a little bit. He looks slimmed down. Looks like he's in better shape. Chris, the Spring-O-Meter, Gary Sanchez. Five. Oh, you're not excited?
2: Well, no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes and no. It's Gary I, I, I just Sanchez. Think,
0: I just think for guys who struggled mightily last year, You'd like to see the
2: performance. It's like Steven Strasburg. It's better than the alternative, but it doesn't change my view of of Gary Sanchez. We've got a long enough track record that we know he can get blisteringly hot.
0: And Scott drafted him in his Tout Wars draft in a 15-team league in the 13th round in this draft. So the hate has gone too far on Gary Sanchez. I agree with that, yeah. Willie Castro for the Detroit Tigers expected to be their starting shortstop. is 6-for-14, with three home runs, another middle infielder that could potentially give you some pop here. Chris, Willie Castro. Six. I appreciate that. You I, haven't said below five for any of these.
2: <laughs> well, they're all playing good. <laughs> um, yeah. he He's interesting. You know, the power speed combination potential there. Um, you know, AJ hinge was talking him up earlier in in the spring doing the kind of, you know the ball sounds different coming off his bat thing. So, you know he he could be someone who who's ready to take a step forward. Sure,
0: Kentomyeda we spoke about a little bit earlier as well. So I will save you there. Five shutout innings this spring with uh, one hit allowed and seven strikeouts. He flashed a new curveball. He only threw it one time in his Tuesday
2: start. It wasn't a great curveball, but worth mentioning. Some prospect. Can I give you wait? Can I put two up on the springometer? Yeah. What do you got? Josh Rojas. Mm. Leading off pretty much every day for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's uh, hitting really well. Uh, Has six batted balls over 100 miles per hour. That is tied for the spring training lead. They actually have uh, searchable batted ball data on uh, baseball savant now for spring training. So that's kind of cool. You will see Derek Hall has nine batted balls over 100 miles an hour, according to that. That's there's something going on with the numbers. He only has three. So, Josh Rojas playing well. Catel Marte, also. Six batted balls over 100 miles an hour. Three over 110 miles an hour. That is... Uh, he's the only player with more than one so far. Catel Marte, he hit zero home runs last year or one. Uh, two home runs, sorry, last year. Uh, still hit 287 still didn't strike out much. I think Catal Marte is um I don't think there's much difference between him and DJ LeMahieu. I think the main difference is DJ LeMahieu is in a better lineup so runs in RBI will be better, but uh I have Catal Marte ranked 45th overall. He's my number 4 second baseman. I have him 45th overall in Roto um I don't think there's a big drop off between him and the top tier of second baseman. I might just include him in the top tier of second baseman. He was dealing with a wrist injury last year that he did play through. I think that played a part, but the underlying numbers, how hard he hit the ball, uh, you know, was not that far off from his breakout. Remember in 2019, he had 32 homers, 10 steals, and a 329 average. I think Catal Marte could be. Uh, a legitimate top 25 hitter this season. I'm very excited. I I love that he's hitting the ball this hard early on. And I am more excited about
0: Cattell Marte than I was when we did our second base position preview. I basically said, why why would you draft him when you can get Jose Altuve two rounds later? But I have been very encouraged by what I've seen in the spring. Not that you want to put too much into it, but when he's hitting the ball as hard as he is, I think you can... Uh, look at last year with that wrist injury and say, okay, that's probably the reason why he performed as badly as he did. Let's just wrap up quickly with some prospect updates, Chris. And someone who I moved way up my rankings today is Brendan Rodgers, who is five for 15 with two home runs. And he absolutely smoked one on Tuesday. He had a screaming line drive home run. I'm trying to think of what veteran second baseman they're going to (laughs) sign to block Brendan Rodgers for the Rockies. But if they just give this guy a shot, Former first round pick, I I I think that <laughs> the the sky is the limit for him. I'm I'm pretty excited about Brendan Rogers.
2: Yeah, I think he could be a DJ LeMahieu esque hitter. Um, he hit 296 with an 855 OPS overall. I, I think he could be like a more powerful version of what DJ LeMahieu was with the Rockies, where he was consistently hitting over 300. Um, there's a little speed here. You know, he hasn't been good in his 32 major league games, but last year he was coming back from a shoulder surgery. Um, And he re-injured the shoulder last year too. Yeah. So I'm very, very excited about Brendan Rogers getting the chance. Um, You know, we'll see what he does with it, but uh, he is still only uh, 24 years old. So, Way too early to write him off. And I, I can't imagine he costs anything. His ADP Four, is 410. 485 over the last week. Oh Go get God. Brendan Rodgers with your <laughs> one of your last picks. I think I have him in TGFBI and in, in the reserve rounds. So,
1: yeah. yeah, that's,
2: um, you know, if you play in a league deeper than 12, make sure he's drafted. But I think he's a viable late rounder in a 12 team league, too.
0: Yeah, stash him on your bench. See what happens the first couple of weeks. See if he's playing every day for the for the Rockies and and you know how he's performing when he's playing. But Brandon Rogers, man, I yeah. think that there is uh, a lot to like there. And you you spoke about the shoulder injury. He might finally be healthy. Sometimes it takes a few years to get yeah. back on track after a shoulder surgery. We saw that with Michael Conforto. It took him some time to come back from that injury, and that's part of the reason why. It's basically the main reason why I'm I'm so worried about Cody Bellinger being drafted where he is right. That's
2: now. fair. I I moved him down recently. Um, I moved him below Bryce Harper at outfield, and I, I think he's like 19th now for me. Yes, yes, yeah. Chris, I love below it. Below Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. That was that was where I moved him. Yeah. Boom.
0: Uh, Mariners outfielder Taylor Trammell is four for 11 with three doubles, a home run and a stolen base. And apparently he is pushing for the starting left field job, former top prospect with the San Diego Padres. And he came over in the Austin Nola trade last year. Do you have anything
2: on Taylor Trammell? I'm very interested in this. This is one of those guys who's always had really good tools. He's always been a really highly ranked prospect, even though he hasn't produced very well. Um, this is the thing about last season and not being able to see these guys in games is we don't know whether for Taylor Trammell, the, you know, high prospect with a great pedigree and, uh, you know, whether he just figured it out last season, this is a former first round pick. He's got power. He's got speed. He's always been a good uh, on base guy. I obviously I would rather see Jared (laughs) Kalanick. Uh, as the starting left fielder for the Mariners. He's got that knee injury. that's not going to happen on opening day, but I'm not upset that Taylor Trammell seems like he's going to get the opportunity to, uh, to play every day. I, I, I'm extremely interested in seeing uh, if he can be another in the cabin, Biggio, Trent Grisham uh, kind of mold where he hits 20 homers and steals 20 bases.
0: The Mariners are going to have some kind of roster crunch at some point because I don't think it's going to be long until we see Kalenic, assuming that he's healthy. But they have Hanniger in the outfield. They have Kyle Lewis in the outfield. Taylor Trammell. They have Ty France at DH. They have Dylan Moore at second base. They have Kyle Kyle Seager at third base. They've got a bit of a roster crunch, so it's going to be interesting to see. Usually, these things work themselves out. But yeah, uh, yeah. I never thought I would say we have a roster crunch with the Seattle Mariners, but that's where we are. Giants outfielder Helio Ramos is two uh he went two for five with a double and a home run on Tuesday. He is now seven for seventeen with three home runs in the spring. A former first round pick back in 2019. He hit 290 with 16 home runs and an eight fifty OPS. So I, I remember a few prospect drafts a couple of years ago where people were excited about Helio Ramos. Just remember the name. He's performing well in spring.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's power, speed potential there. I I wonder how much he's going to be allowed to run in the majors considering he has 26 steals and 19 caught stealing. But yeah, he's one that he might have been up last year if it was a normal season.
0: Last but not least, Bobby Bradley, who is battling it out. I I don't know if you want to call this a battle, really. But for the Cleveland's first base job, he is four for 13 with two home runs in the spring. Sound the alarms, best shape of his life. He lost 35 pounds in the offseason. But Bradley does have big pop. 27 or more home runs in four different minor league seasons. He struggles mightily with strikeouts. But he might have an opportunity to play every day for Cleveland. So it's just, it's something I'm paying attention to, Chris. Bobby Bradley.
2: Worth paying attention to. Uh, I did think you were going to say another, Bobby. Uh, Do I have this now? Am I I thinking of someone else? I might be thinking of... Bobby What's
0: Dahlbeck? It? Were you thinking of Bobby no. Dalbeck?
2: What's the Royal Shortstop Prospect's name? Oh, Bobby Witt. Yeah, he's crushing
0: Bobby it. Witt. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, yeah. he's... Uh, he had a 480-foot home run.
2: I'm a little skeptical that he actually hit a 484-foot <laughs> home run. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see whether they had the stack cast working that day or the Hawkeye, but uh, yeah, he he's someone to get on your radar. He's only played a rookie ball so far, but... Uh, he's drawing a lot of rave reviews. He's a top 20 prospect and um, top 10 prospect in all of baseball. Uh, yeah, yeah. Baseball America has him 16th, but he's yeah. Oh, okay. top, top 20 consensus, top 10 at baseball Prospectus and MLB.com mm-hmm. pipeline. Um, just, you know, probably won't see him this season, but I, I believe Scott has him ranked pretty high in his, uh, fantasy prospects as well. And, uh, just having an, an awesome spring by all accounts. So uh yeah, number 13 for for Scott. Probably more of a 2022 guy, but you know, it's it's possible he moves quickly.
0: Yeah. If you have him, if you have Bobby Witt in a keeper or Dynasty League, get hyped. Even without Scott, we managed to go way too long on the podcast. But did we? I thought it was really good. We'll wrap here for Chris. I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching fantasy baseball today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>